a Dave Matthews worked in a movie, you guys. Come on now. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Portress, and I'm joined by Matt Smith. I'm uh, two dips into Grandma's snuff box over here, so let's get going, boy. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> means well, I'm, oh, boy, feeling good. <laughs> hey, how's everybody doing today? I'm doing fantastic. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Just, hey, I'm Adam, how you doing today, brother? Hey, you know, man, what can I say? It's another day, and, uh, well, I haven't killed myself yet, so I guess that's a win, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty gnarly out there, man. It's, uh... Pretty gnarly. It is what it is, you know? Uh, I got, I got something I want to ask you about. Please. Have you seen, uh, the news about Cinemark Theaters? Oh, no, that I have not. So, Cinemark has, uh, created this thing called Movie Club. Oh, and ooh, do we all get to join a club? <laughs> well, if you if you read press about this thing, this is <laughs> this is like their it's be so good. I'm I'm on board. All right, uh, this is their answer to Movie Pass. As as I would as I would have predicted. Okay. okay. Uh, so the so it's only so the best part of this is that it's only valid at Cinemark. Well, of course, right? Of course. Uh, but here here's. They, they announced it, and there was all this really great press like uh, late last week and early at the beginning of this week. And then Tuesday, they officially launched it to where people could get the details of it and everything. And uh, if you if you go uh, to cinemark.com slash movie club, you can sign up. Uh, here's here's what it is, though. So you don't have to go. Uh, it's eight ninety nine a month. You don't have to go. <laughs> $8.99 a month, okay? They're $1 cheaper. Yeah, all right. You're, you're, I'm uh, warming here, up. What do you? Get? All right. Okay. Uh, you get twenty percent off your snacks. Not bad. You can. It also waives online purchase fees. Okay. AMC's Stubbs does that, but okay. Okay. Uh, it gives you one 2D movie per month, but you can uh, you can purchase additional 2D movies for another eight ninety nine. <laughs> you know what that's called? That's called going to the movies. My favorite part is that uh, I don't I don't remember. I, it's been a long ass time since I've been to a Cinemark in in uh, Charlotte, so I don't really know what it costs. But the last time I went to a Cinemark in in South Carolina, I think the evening movie ticket price was something like seven fifty. Yeah, it's they they tend to be a little bit cheaper. Like the only time that I would ever go to a Cinemark is like if I'm down at like Myrtle Beach or something. I think that's the only place that I know of that has them. That's like you know that I that I would frequent. Yeah. So, uh, so, so this this is going to really kill uh, Movie Pass, I think. 
your days are numbered, movie pass. A month, you get one 2D movie ticket, and you can, of course, purchase additional ones for eight ninety nine. That's literally I, no, you're just no. giving us twenty percent off of <laughs> off of concessions, right? Make a concession card. Listen, honest to God, I would pay. I would pay like for like a like a special concession card or something. You know, you said, uh-huh. "Hey, give us." You know, uh, let's call it. Let's call it thirty bucks. Uh-huh. And, and you know, and most people. What do you get? Most people let's won't pitch. get that. Get? Um, okay, let's. Okay, all right, let's do this. Um, Because I want to make. I feel, I, wanna, I feel like it needs to be a percentage off of things plus maybe a free thing. I think. Well, here's. Well, they already kind of do it at some AMC's, and they do it at a couple AMC classics. Um, uh-huh. just make a just a fucking bucket. Just get a goddamn bucket. Get a bucket. Get a cup. Say, hey, look, we're charging you twenty five bucks for this. Take it through. You know, a quarter of the season. You come back. It's a dollar to refill either. So, so with your membership dollar refill buckets exactly that's not bad that's not bad i if, uh, if you said hey adam give me they, 20 bucks for that popcorn plus two, 10 yeah, 15 if, bucks for a drink you pay uh-huh. that and then every time you come back it's a dollar for, for for the refills done and done yeah i would probably never go to another movie theater yeah uh that ain't bad the, i'm telling you the, you people feel, you need us like in your fucking pocket yeah i feel like if you're not doing something like that if you gave a percentage off and then also like Something cheap like, uh, like oh, here's a smaller bag of gummy bears. Yeah, throw in a little, you know, a, a little uh, for every. Oh, oh, okay, get this. Uh-huh. For every fourth uh, visit, you throw in like a, a small candy. Uh huh. Yeah. All there right. I think we should get uh, get something going here because we need to sell some stock. Uh, I'm tired of being poor. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so let's let's launch this. May, if it's if it's successful, like Movie Pass, our stocks will go up something like two hundred and fifty uh, percent, and uh, we'll we'll be solid. We'll be gold. I'm we'll telling. Listen, I, look, and we can offload it immediately. Yeah. I don't even care if I'm still in business personally, or if that service is still in business in a year. Uh, I just want to get a public uh, public offering. And uh, I'm going the Mister Wonderful route. I want a I want a commission on every one of these sold. I want I want fifty cents for every single one of these sold in perpetuity. Okay, I want well, you Shark take Tech that. I'll sell you my half of the company. Oh, all right. Hey, see, right. see, we're wheeling and dealing over here at the we're film pod. You know what we do? We don't just ask questions. We ask, we we provide answers. <laughs> we pro- we provide answers to questions people aren't really asking, except for us. Hey, it, it, you do what you do what you do, and that, we do what we do quite well. And speaking of which, we have a uh, a trio of movies for you today uh, in our main reviews. Matt talked about it a little bit earlier, but we're going to be... Uh, I finally got a chance to see Lady Bird, so we are going to be talking about that one. The uh, mm-hmm. current highest ranking on Rotten Tomatoes as of as of this recording. Uh, we're also- we'll probably be there a while. I imagine. I mean, it yeah. took this long for anything to get uh, above Toy Story two. I imagine it'll be there for a while. Pretty tough. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the, a Netflix film that you can see right now if you're a Netflix customer for the price of nothing. Come on, how can you go wrong with that? Uh, Jeremy Rush's new film Wheelman, starring Frank Grillo. We'll be talking about that mm-hmm. as well as uh, who I can't for the fucking life of me remember who, who told us to watch this flick. I'll have to. Micah, I believe. Did Micah tell us? Yeah. So we're gonna be watching. I think it was better, Micah. Yeah. Better watch out. And let me tell you, we're gonna have an interesting conversation. 
I think this whole show is going to be, I, I think we got a lot of good things on the plate here, man. A lot of good stuff. I'm excited for it. You should be too. And you know who excites me, Matt? Who, Adam? The people that go over to patreon.com. Oh, they're the, the best. Find, and they throw in a couple shekels into the thing here, man. And you know what? They are just the gloriest of glory people here. And we do have to shout out, uh, as as is per our usual, we, we haven't been doing as much as we should, but we should, especially. Uh, because no, we got stuff month, in the pipeline. This month, it's right at the top, but Maria is our executive producer. So from Maria from upstate New York, you are executive producer of this program for this this week and every week uh, in the in the month of December. And as long as you want to stay in that $20 position. So she gets to really tell us whatever we want. If, if there's a specific thing that you want us to review, Maria, you as, a, as our highest paying patron in the executive producer role, get to tell us whatever the hell you want to do. And I've I'll also take become, anything. I've also become her movie advisor. So she goes, hey, do I need to see <laughs> this or see this or this or that? And I tell her which one to go see. And uh, we'll be reviewing one of the movies that I told her actually not to go see. But there's a good reason why. And we'll talk about it in the review today. Ooh, look at that, man. Planting seeds all over the place, man. I'm a motherfucking farmer up in here. Uh, so let's Farming. get to it, man. Uh, not only have we watched these three movies, we do a little bit more than that around here. We watch other things. So, Matt, what have you been watching this week? Uh, just one thing this week for me, but it's eight episodes of a thing. So so I did my watching. It was just all one show. <laughs> all right. This week I, I, this week I checked out the new Amazon Prime series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, this is the new... Uh, TV show from Amy Sherman Palladino, creative uh, Gilmore Girls. Um, and I know you're a big Gilmore and, Girl fan. Uh, I don't care about that show, actually. It's really? fine. No, I, yeah. I, I, I could have sworn that was one that was... Uh, mm, it's hmm. fine. Uh, I, her her show that was on uh, ABC Family slash Freeform was pretty solid, though. Bunheads. Okay. Don't know if you remember that thing. Really. Uh, this, this show, however, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, have you seen anything about this, Adam? I think I've heard the name. That's been about it. I th I think you might dig this. Uh, and in any case, I'd be interested in what you think about it. Uh, the premise is that uh, a, a, an upper-class uh, housewife, a uh, Jewish housewife in New York in the 19, late 1950s and early 1960s, uh, uh, her husband leaves her, and she starts to work in stand-up comedy. Okay. Uh, so, um, this, this show stars, uh, Rachel Brosnahan, uh, who has previously appeared in uh, house of cards, uh, and among other things, she's been in a couple other things, uh, and Alex Borstein of all people in a like lead performance. You, you, I don't remember, I don't know what you'd know her from other than mad TV, but that's where Alex Borstein is. She's Miss Swan. Uh, well, I mean, she's also a voice on Family she's Guy. A lot of stuff. Yeah, she, yes, voice on Family Guy forever. But I was thinking face while you were Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony she's Shalhoub. She's a ton of character, character actor sort of stuff uh, she has. So Yeah, so uh, Tony Shalhoub, uh, Kevin Pollack, uh, Michael Zagan. Um, just a whole, like, this This whole cast is pretty damn good. Uh, Aaron Dark, who was in uh, Good Girls Revolt, uh, a, a very good but now canceled Amazon Prime show. Um, this thing is, uh, uh, hilarious and heartbreaking and funny. And, uh, I really like this show a whole lot. Hmm. Um, it doesn't quite do the things you think it's going to do, but then also does a lot of them. Uh, Alex Borstein is, uh, 
quite simply amazing. I'm glad that she has a role like this because it's really uh, like meaty, and I don't think she gets that work. Because yeah, she's kind of an underrated performer. Exactly. She's 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 done some stuff here and there that really shows that she has some range. But obviously, you know, she's a bigger comedic actress. Uh, but she certainly has some range. Like if you if you watch out for mm-hmm. her stuff for sure. Well, if you watch that HBO show a couple years back, uh, Getting On, that uh, Laurie Metcalf's show mm-hmm. on HBO, did you ever watch that? Can't say I did. Well, she she was on there, and uh, she was fantastic as well. Um, but here she she plays uh, Susie Meyerson, who's this um, like late fifties uh, kind of lower class beat lifestyle, uh, perhaps lesbian. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, I would I would assume so. She's dresses butch, but you know it's never explicit in the show, so I don't want to assume. Um, but she she like books a coffee house, uh, uh, like variety night every night. Uh, so all these performers um, downtown are coming in to perform, and that's of course where the stand up scene is at that time because there's no such thing as comedy clubs really. Um, and she becomes the uh, manager, basically, of, of uh, Midge Maisel, uh, Miriam Maisel, um, or attempts to over the first part of the season as they're figuring each other out. Uh, it's very funny. Rachel Brosnahan's great. Um, I think it's a breakout role. The show looks amazing. Uh, it's got like all the great period costumes you would want. Uh, really good design. And the one good thing that I do like about Gilmore Girls is that, like, the dialogue is always good. I just never cared that much for uh, the characters. Yeah, I, I never really watched the show, but anytime like I'd see like a clip or something, man, it was very mm-hmm. like kind of. I just of, could uh, never get into it. Yeah, I mean that was always my block. It wasn't like I didn't like it or or didn't or hated it or anything. I was it just, just always it like wasn't my smart thing. Smart dialogue, man. Back and forth, very kind of Tarantino esque, mm-hmm. bing pong, well, bing pong kind. Well, this is this is a mile a minute. Uh, references within references. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really kind of great to listen to. Uh, I, I'm going to watch this again, I'm pretty sure, but uh, I think it's hilarious. Everybody should check this thing like out. It's right up my alley, so. What's up? It sounds like it's right up my alley, so yeah. It, it, I think you might dig it, man. Uh, I, I know sometimes uh, sh- shows, particularly about uh, female comics, are, are a tough sell for you. Right. Look, um, look, you got to <laughs> look. As long as you're funny, I don't give a shit. That's all you got to be is is just funny. So, but, so, well, some of y'all ain't this, funny. But this is funny, and also it's like there are scenes in this thing that are the most accurate stand-up things I've ever seen, which is interesting because uh, the creator of the show I don't believe has ever done stand-up. Hmm. But uh, but some of it is like spot on. Like there's an episode, I believe it's episode number five, where like she's she's been doing great she's been coming in she's been doing her material getting better working it out and she just starts bombing mm-hmm. she fucking tanks and then she tanks the next time then she tanks the next time and i don't think that i've ever seen uh like a like an episode of anything about comics or a tv or a movie about comics where like one person just bites it repeatedly yeah. And you right that and you know they're good, but they just bite it repeatedly. But you know that happens if, if you spend enough time in comedy clubs. That happens all the time to people who are amazing even. Oh yeah. They just fucking will bite it one week and then they'll bite it the next week and the next week and the next week until something reclicks, you know? Um so yeah, I, I watched that whole show over the course of about three days. It's only eight episodes. Uh it's Really amazing. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Tony Shalhoub, also fucking hilarious. 
there's not an ethnicity other than black that he can't play. <laughs> That's true, really. He is. He's one of those guys for sure. Yeah, it's him and uh, uh, Stanley Tucci. Tucci right? is a big one. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's his name that played the father in um. Uh. Fuck. The the voiceover movie with um, Fred Mike Bell. <laughs> Hold on. It's like no, that Frederick Virtue is awful white people. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, in a world that that the guy that was in there that played the dad in a, in in a world in a world uh, where Fred Melamed, I, have... I believe. <laughs> okay. You know, you know who I'm. T- you yeah, definitely yeah, 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 fucking yeah. know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, like you know, there are certain dudes who just like as long as he ain't black, we're gonna see what he can play. Yeah, it's like we're gonna, he's the brown dude. And every now and then you can stretch a little bit and just be like, I, eh, he's half black. I will. I will say that I've. I don't think I've ever seen Tony Shalhoub play Hispanic, but I may be wrong. He could. I know Stanley could. Tucci has. Yeah. But I don't think that. I don't think Tony Shalhoub has. Plenty of uh, of Jews, Arabs. What was and, his uh, ethnicity in in uh, Italians? Uh, what was his ethnicity in what you call it? Uh, pain and gain. Uh. What did you say that was. It was like um like. Syrian or something like that, right? Maybe it's been a while. Uh, it's some. It's it was Middle Eastern, right? Like, I think that was, that was the gist of it. Yeah, hmm. Balkans maybe. He's like, I'm from Florida. <laughs> but uh, but in any case, he's fucking hilarious in this show. He's really really good. Go. Cool. Um, he play he play he's a he's a professor who like. It's hard to describe that character, but you like you get it as soon as you you see him. Well, I should you get check it. it out, and that's available. So on, definitely, uh, that. it's yeah, Amazon Prime, baby. Okay, cool. So, put put down your monies and get that Prime. There's good stuff on there. I, who knew? <laughs> they just need better <laughs> interfaces in their shit, man. They really. I do. hate. They've got I hate to get searching it for things on the website. I hate searching through things on the app. It's but it's if not I, good. If I know to look for something, I can do it. But like. Searching on Amazon Prime blows chunks, man. You know who does it well? Netflix. Do what Netflix does. Yeah. You know who's gotten worse at it? Hulu. That's what I understand. I haven't had Hulu in a while, but I I, I hear Hulu's getting worse as far as discoverability and findability and and just being able to you know do what you want to do. One one new Netflix feature while we're on the subject that I really like is uh I I don't think I've seen it on the app or through uh, the PlayStation yet. Uh, but definitely if you log in on the, on the website, so if you go on your computer and log on to Netflix, Mm -hmm. like once or twice a week, they, they will just have like, instead of a preview for a new thing, it'll say this week, we've added 20 new shows. Click here to see what we've added. And if you click that thing, it lists every new thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I, and I dig that because other, uh, otherwise I would never know what the hell they added. I'd know like the two things that anybody was talking about. And then everything else, it would pop up and like uh, see the same old recommended shit forever. Yeah, or like, oh, this is recommended because you watched, I don't know, the Resident Evil animated series or whatever the fuck, right? Like, and then I and then I would of course see it. Who would and go do like, that? I don't want to fucking watch that. <laughs> watch the Resident Evil animated series. I would do that, but I wouldn't watch things that were recommended to me because I watched that. Are you kidding me? It's like, like I watched that Castlevania show, right? And they recommended that Jaden Smith anime to you. No, but then they then they recommended like I mean maybe I didn't even look at it, but all I got recommended off of watching that show is a whole bunch of fucking anime, and it's like, 
this is b- barely anime. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a video game adaptation uh, about Dracula. Like, they what just the want fu- you to get your inner weeb out, man. What's wrong with you? Just let anyway, I'm not. I'm. My point is, I'm never going to watch One Punch Man, so they can stop. I like. I've heard a lot of good things, and like, and I and I was like, oh, I'll watch this, and I thought they might have an English version, just because I was lying in bed at the time, and like, because normally I'll read subtitles and I don't care. But I was like, I'm just kind of laying in bed as a 32-inch TV, and it's kind of far away, so I sure shit can't read the subtitles. And I'm just like, uh, I don't have the energy. Uh, yeah, I, well, it's not good, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I tried. I had a lot of friends or a lot of uh, students who were into it, and so I was like, well, I'll check it out because you know half of the anime club or whatever the fuck's talking about it won't shut the fuck up. I'm in the so, anime club, guys. <laughs> so I, so I, well, you know, like they're all nice guys, and they really got into stuff we were talking about in class, not just like, you know, uh. Japanimation. How many but, of them um, wear the Naruto headband? Uh, I didn't have a single one. Oh, God, the, they're, the, 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 they're, they're not. They're a bunch of goddamn posers. <laughs> well, no. Let me assure you, they were not. Uh, but anyway, like, like I they, wear that like, at last home. year in particular. I guess one One Punch Man was like the, this fucking huge phenomenon. So yeah. So like that was they were talking about it constantly. I was like, okay, I'll go and watch this thing. Uh, I did not tell them that I did not like it. Oh yeah, you'd be chastised. That's well, that's just how much I didn't like it because I did not even want to have that conversation. <laughs> you want to talk to me about like Naruto or or whatever the fuck? I'll just glaze over and be like, yeah, that's fine. But uh, uh-uh, I don't think I could have done it with that show because I it's not good. Yeah. Uh, the film uh, anyway, what, what have you been, uh, you've been watching? <laughs> you've been you've been watching that new Quentin Tarantino Star Trek or something? Uh, no, but I will. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd, I hey, I'd watch it, man. I would watch it. Well, who wouldn't watch that? It could be a goddamn train wreck, and likely would be. And uh, it'd still be. I'd still, I'd still sit there and watch it. Yeah, it'd still be worth watching. I, I would say. I don't know if it'd be worth it, but I'd still be interested <laughs> in it either way. Hey, man, even, you you and I both know doing this show that even your crummy whatevers can still be considered can still come out to be like you know what in a, in an odd way I didn't have a good time, but it was worth the time to you know find out how well, bad that truly truly was. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, when that news broke, uh, everybody was instantly shitting on the uh, Tarantino part of it. Mm-hmm. Right? They were just like, oh, no, I don't want to see this thing. Uh, that was not the part that really concerned me. Like, I like I really could give uh, not even two fucks if uh, Quentin Tarantino made a Star Trek. Oh, I know where this is going. Just keep Abrams the fuck away from it. <laughs> like, like, fuck him. Fuck his, like, executive producer role. Fuck Bad Robot. Don't let that motherfucker near that shit. Oh, I I wouldn't go so far as all of that. But. I will. Fuck that shit. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I like just I, I think at the point that you're going to get Tarantino giving a pitch or something like that, like just pay that man whatever the fuck he wants to actually just direct it himself and do it himself. And because, because what this is going to come down to is like story idea by wouldn't that be weird as hell though, is that like if, and he sticks to the rule to his own set of rules that his 10th move, 10th and final movie would be a, it would be a Hollywood blockbuster kind of thing. Wouldn't that be an odd end to his, or, or maybe good, would, I don't know. It would also be fitting that it would be one, it would be like, uh, like not only would it be Star Trek, but it would be like the version of Star Trek that most people stop caring about. Yeah, I mean, look, the last Star Trek movie wasn't half bad. We liked it. Oh, yeah, but uh, that doesn't mean anybody cared. 
that well the the box office i think wore that out yeah but that's what i'm saying like like it would be the blockbuster that like people like it was already on the down and outs man like like he he might as well just make a direct sequel to the lone ranger at that point but this yeah i but i think tarantino just like just that just that alone on the wackiness of that idea puts asses in seats but i don't think he directed i don't yeah at this point i yeah i, I it would, I it would be story by and then whatever i tend to agree so and then somebody you know, else you know who i who i want to see like let simon Pegg write another one yeah, Simon then, Pegg did a great job. Let Simon Pegg write another one. Give give Edgar Wright some cash. Let him do it. I honestly, I'd watch the shit out of that. I really would. Yeah, I would too. Story I by Tarantino, uh, screenplay by Simon Pegg, directed by Edgar Wright. I'm there. I'm there. Because here's the, here's the thing. I think a lot of people uh, like think that Tarantino would make it like this crazy, ultra violent Tarantino esque thing. But no. if he's not if he's not writing it and he's not directing it. I know the motherfucker knows his Star Trek. Oh yeah, I know he does, I, and I know he's like a big classic classicalist about it, right? Like he he really is, just like this is this is the thing. And I think that a story pitched by him might be pretty fucking good. Yeah, because I because I know he gets the characters. I just don't want to see one directed by him. I don't think. I'd watch it, I, but I don't. And, and frankly, I, I don't think he wants to do that either. Not really. No, no, because he wants to direct like ten movies, and uh, what the one coming out's nine. Yeah, I, I just feel like the one he, coming up. Yeah, the one yeah, he's not going to do that for his last one. I just think that he would sit back and just go, "This is what's going to harm my legacy," and he's very much a legacy guy of like, "I want to make these ten films. I want to make the best ten films I can possibly make, and then go down in history as one of the great directors of all time." Look at my look at my body of work. You know, they may not all be, you know, 1,000, but they're all pretty damn close. Yeah, he's got a solid Larry Bird career out of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, still one of the greats. He's not, he's not like, not Kurosawa, but I don't think he would tell you that he is. No, I, w- I would I would suspect as much. Uh, anyway, what you been watching, bro? Uh, I have a trio. That's right, a trio of new releases for you folks. I feel like I'm in an ice cream shop. <laughs> three <laughs> scoops, please. Well, sit on down here. I got three scoops of movies for you, kids. <laughs> uh, so um, I got to see the new one uh, by Richard Linkletter, Last Flag Flying, uh, starring Brian Cranston. Uh, you know, some guy named Steve Carell. Never heard of him before. Some guy, Larry Fishburne. I don't know. Uh, Jay Quentin Johnson, though, who was in um, Everybody Wants Some, who we really enjoyed in that film. Uh, Mm -hmm. So this is essentially about uh, three guys who served together back in Vietnam. And uh, Steve Carell comes into town and uh, meets back up with Brian Cranston's character. And uh, basically, you know, eventually it comes out that his son was uh, killed. So this is this takes place in 2003. Uh, and his son was killed over in Iraq, and uh, they're going to, uh, they want to bury him in Ar- Arlington and all this kind of jazz, and uh, he goes to get his two, because Viet- his wife died, he wants to go get his two Vietnam buddies and stuff that he hasn't seen in, you know, 30 years, he wants to get them, to, if they'll uh, come up to uh, Arlington for him and uh, go through the um, final final walk and everything with them and right. of course they find out that things may be a little bit different and then you know there are situations where they are in their particular lives right now cranston owns a bar never been married just kind of down on his luck and everything uh fishburn's character uh he was like the wild and crazy guy in the group he's now a minister 
And, uh, you know, it, it's a great film. I mean, here's the thing, man. If, if you like Richard Linklater films, which I, I tend to, um, you're going to like this. It's pretty good. It's, uh, it's got a lot of feeling to it. All the characters really great as they would be. And it is very Tarantino, or Tarantino, uh, really, we talked about him so much. Linklater-esque in as, that, in as much as you are sitting with these people and the stuff is happening, you know? He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, you can go all the way back to Slacker, you know? It's just like you're hanging out with these people. This is still very much in that sort of vein, as is, you know, Linklater's want in, in the good majority of his flicks. Uh, it's right. good. It's really good. A lot of a uh, lot of great uh, performances from everybody. Don't know if this will be high on the list of any kind of awards or stuff like that, but pretty darn good. Man, I tell you, Brian Cranston can do just damn near anything. He's so damn good. Yeah, he's great. Uh, so that's Last Flag Flying. Uh, that's out right now. I'd recommend that. I am going to uh, fuck up this title uh, because it's not a word I say. I am a Protestant. I'm not a Catholic, uh, but I've had a lot of it's a lot of Catholic themes in, in films I've been seeing <laughs> as of recent. Uh, Nov, Nova, 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 no, there's no L in there. Uh, Noviette. Sure. No, Noviette. Noviette. Sure. I, again, not Italian. I don't know. Uh, so this is written and directed by Margaret Betts. Uh, it's about a girl in the uh, 1960s uh, during the Vatican II. Uh, a young woman's training to uh, become a nun. She struggles with the issues of faith uh, in the church and sexuality. And I'll be honest with you, the last part, the and sexuality, is really what kind of mars this film for me totally. It's not a bad film. Don't get me wrong. It's actually a very good film. Uh, it's got... Um, Diana Argon, Margaret uh, Qualley, uh, the, the big one, obviously, is Melissa Leo. Uh, that's the one everybody's going to, uh, you know, rec- big name everyone also, recognizes. Also got uh, American Horror Story MVP, Dennis O'Hare. Uh, yeah, he's very shortly, very shortly. He's in, like, maybe four or five minutes. That's fine. That's enough to get you an Academy Award. <laughs> It'd be a, it'd be a strong push. It'd be a strong push for that role. He's 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 just fine though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's a good film. The biggest pro- I mean, like I said, it, it's it's well directed. It's well acted. It's uh, pretty well structured and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But the biggest problem for me is in the thing that ultimately leads this from uh, keeps it from being a great film into just a good film is that. As you as you kind of said in my like in the little summary there of IMDb is that it doesn't quite know exactly what it wants to be. Is it about this young girl who uh, she grows up? She doesn't really have any kind of faith or anything. Her mom is a woman of no faith, but wants her child to kind of see what's out there. So brings her to a a Catholic church service. Uh, you know, one day uh, when she's a, when she's a kid, and she goes. Oh, she kind of takes a liking to it, and then decides, okay, uh, maybe I'd like to be a nun. And it goes through, and we're like, are we supposed to worry about this one? Because then we have the whole Vatican II stuff where the, you know, kind of reformation to the Catholic Church and all that kind of good jazz. And again, Catholic people, if I'm, if I'm fucking up the history and shit, just I'm sorry. I don't, not Catholic. So, I, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I can only speak to what I know about, and I don't know about that. Uh, but which I think is interesting. I think it's a very interesting thing. So Melissa Leah's character, she's like the head uh, head mother of this uh, convent and whatever. She's very, very old school. Doesn't want to have anything to do uh, with Vatican II and the loosening of church rules, which can, you know, obviously 
have like you know heavy punishment type stuff and and things of that nature just like really almost archaic kind of things because the uh the laws of the church haven't changed in well over you know 100 years or whatever um it's interesting and and as far as that point it's interesting as far as a girl's point and then it takes a weird you know i don't a thousand percent see where you know a little bit of like where that character ends up going as far as like you know her relationship to other characters in in the thing it's okay. It's okay, but I felt like it it tried to do a, it tried to do a little bit too much. It tried to check all those indie boxes, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe could have been about one thing as opposed to two or three different things. And perhaps been a better film. Again, a good film, perhaps not a great film though. And I think that's just because of its uh, you know, jumping all around. <clears throat> Right. Uh, next up, I saw the Florida Project, uh, written uh, and uh, well, written by Sean Baker and Chris Brock. Broke, sure. Uh, directed by Sean Baker, who did uh, Tangerine, I believe. Was it two years ago now? Uh, yeah, two right? or three. It's a very uh, good movie, though. Yeah. So uh, this is, uh, I think they gave him a, a proper Alexa uh, camera this time, and some film cameras, from what the credits showed me here. Uh, this one is, uh, starring Willem Dafoe, Brooklyn Prince, and a couple, uh, Caleb Brent Landry Jones is in it for a hot second. Um, let me read the INDB plotline. Uh, set over one summer, the film follows a, uh, precocious six-year-old, uh, uh, Mooney as she courts, uh, courts mischief and adventure with her ragtag playmates and bonds with her rebellious but caring mother, all the while living in the shadows of Disney World. So this takes place in Orlando. Uh, so I have a, uh, I have a lot of experience with this. Uh, and this is, this movie is very Florida. So essentially the Florida project, if you look at that poster, man, um, that's not really, you're like, Oh, what's this fun film? This is not a fun film. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, did you, did, had you known anything about this movie? Going I knew in? Willem Dafoe was in it. I saw maybe 10 seconds of the trailer and then I stopped. I was just like, nah, I don't really want to know anything else. And so I, I honestly did not know what this was about. All right. Uh, Sounds like you got the full-on experience. Boy, did I ever. Uh, So when they say the Florida Project, that's not just, that's not like the Philadelphia Experiment, (laughs) or maybe it kind of is. (laughs) Uh, it might be. uh, But these are basically like, uh, essentially imagine instead of, you know, like the projects in Harlem or something, these are projects that are in uh, hotels. Florida? Well, yes. Well, they're in Florida, but they're in hotels. So, like everybody, instead of you know a big tenement building and stuff like that, everybody's in thirty-five dollar room, right? uh, A night rooms, uh, hotels that are just outside, a a a little bit good outside of uh, of of Disney World. And uh, oh boy, it is uh, it's a rough film, but it's very very good. The uh, the the little girl. uh, Brooklyn Prince, she is fantastic. Oh my gosh, this little girl, six years old or something, but she is utterly fantastic in this thing. Uh, but this is another kind of slice of life sort of uh, a thing that goes on. It's it's tough. It's tough to watch, but it's really really good. Uh, I texted you and 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 I thought this while I was watching. I I finished it up and I'm like, I don't think that I've seen a movie that is this impactful since kids. Yeah. Cause when you watched kids, you felt dirty at the end. You felt like you watched like some real shit. Like, Oh yeah. And, I didn't like watch it, a movie. I watched a Like your immediate thought is uh, like, man, I liked that. And I don't know that I ever want or need to see it again. Yeah. This is, it's, it's tough. I mean, 
so this little girl's like she has like friends that are all throughout the complex there. They go off and they do things honestly a lot like we did as kids, but like you know the stuff that we did as kids in like the late '80s and early '90s and stuff. Uh, it just it didn't I don't know to me didn't feel like we could have gotten in that much trouble, but right. some but some of the stuff that these kids do they go off. There's another like uh, abandoned hotel and stuff that they go over in, and you know they're smashing stuff. Then these kids are like six seven years old. And uh, a lot of bad stuff happens. Mom is on mom is on drugs. Uh, is getting free stuff from everybody. She tries to sell perfume in the parking lots of you know bigger you know nicer hotels and stuff in order right. to uh, to get money to pay for rent and everything. She doesn't have a real job, and uh, eventually takes on seedier work as the movie goes on. Uh, everybody is great in it. Willem Dafoe's fantastic as always. Uh, but man, it is just it's worth watching for sure because it is it's it's quite a good film and i just i don't know it's very un-hollywood which is nice it, you know it's on a it's on quite a lot of your end list so far yeah it's like, uh, like it's going to be a big awards contender I, think. I i can certainly i can certainly imagine that it would be and and i'm interested because i just I, I just clicked on it because I, I had no real idea uh but the gal who plays the mom apparently those are her real tattoos i guess so, oh yeah, like he uh, that director, uh, much like he did for Tangerine, just kind of like picked some people up off the street. Because I mean, and here's the thing: it all plays in you know, just the auth- authenticity level is just off the chain. It's gigantic, and yeah. like if you've lived and, in this area and you know these, you'll know these kind of people if you if you you know lived around it. And I and I gotta say, this is another big success for a 24 distributor uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they really are stepping up and putting out a lot of really interesting stuff. Some of it's hit or miss, but a lot of it makes a lot of money. It's, it's a very indie driven, uh, like in an old school sense, indie driven uh, distribution company. This movie's made uh, almost $5 million, which is not bad. It's, it's been in limited release. I don't think it's been in more than, a couple hundred theaters. Yeah. Um, well, two million dollar budget. I mean, that's that's you're in the profit making category right there. Yeah, I mean, th- that's what a twenty four has really been doing is ta- is taking micro budget, you know, million dollar, two million dollar movies, and then releasing them in proper markets mm-hmm. and making money off of it. But yeah, really good, really powerful. I mean, and here's the thing, you know, uh, this this it's another type of like you know because we all we all we all think of like you know uh, impoverished people and stuff in like big cities like New York, right? Right. We don't think about them in in places like Orlando, but they exist. They absolutely exist. And yeah, well, you know, there. Uh, I don't know if you. I mean, surely you might, but I don't know if you remember this. But in Lancaster, South Carolina, there's a there's a guy, and I think he's dead now. But he went to high school with my parents, mm-hmm. and uh, and he just lived under the bridge, like behind, uh, like oh, over yeah, near yeah, Lancaster yeah. High School, mm-hmm. and and he he was there like all the time, and that town is really small, so so like these people are living kind of desperate lives everywhere yeah and just to see like you know how these people are affected what goes on and you know uh, just the cycle of stuff that goes in and by the end of it oh gosh the final the final big you know little uh scene and everything 
is just absolutely beautiful. You'll have a tear in your eye. There's no doubt about it. But oh my gosh, such a great film. Uh, probably it's it's easily in the top ten uh, for me this year, no doubt. Yeah, I, I need to go see it. I was planning on it this week, but uh, the theater here moved it to one showtime, and it's like a showtime I just couldn't get to. Yeah, it was like uh, they they got there. us down to one, and it was only like four ten or something. So I was just like, all right, let's let's get this out of the way because I I'd, I'd heard some things, and uh, definitely glad that I did. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to seeing it, but uh, you got one last one, right? Nope, that's it. That's all I'll do for right now. Uh, okay. Yeah. So th- that's a uh, that's the triple. Yeah, I, I did all that. All right. Uh, so what do we want to do first? Well, let's uh, let's do uh, let's do the one we already did, sort of, and then. Uh, all right. So let's do Lady Bird here. Let's run. Yeah. Let's do that. Here's one. a trailer. I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, like How New in the York, world did I race or at least no. Connecticut or New Hampshire, no, where writers live in the get woods. Get into those schools anyway. Mom, you should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail and then back to City College, and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. Lady Bird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Lady Bird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks. What she did was very baller. It was very anarchist. Put the magazine back! <laughs> she has a big heart, your mom. She's warm, but she's also kind of scary. You can't be scary and warm. I think you can. Your mom is. So, you're not interested in any Catholic colleges? No way. I want schools like Yale, but not Yale because I probably couldn't get in. (laughs) You definitely couldn't get in. Does mom hate me? If you're tired, we can sit down. I'm not tired. You were dragging your feet. You are so infuriated. Stop yelling. I'm not yelling. Oh, it's perfect. Do you love it? You both have such strong personalities. When is a normal time to have sex? You're having sex? I'm ready. Just wanted it to be special. Why? You're gonna have so much unspecial sex in your life. We're afraid that we will never escape our past. Whatever we give you, it's never enough. It's never enough. It is enough. We're afraid of what the future will bring. We're afraid we won't be loved. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention. We won't be liked. Yeah, well, you know your mom's tits, they're totally fake. She made one bad decision at 19. Two bad decisions. And we won't succeed. I want you to be the very best version of yourself that you can be. What if this is the best version? What I'd really like is to be on Math Olympiad. But math isn't something you're terribly strong in. That we know of yet. All right, that was the trailer for Lady Bird. Here's the IMDb uh, plotline in the early 2000s and artistically inclined. 17-year-old comes of age in Sacramento, California. This is written and directed by uh, indie, indie film queen, Greta Gerwig. And let me tell you, <laughs> hell of a, of a first outing, man. Yeah. That is somebody who has paid attention on the sets uh, of, of movies and stuff as, as she was in them in her younger age. And man, oh man, has she learned some good stuff, boy. I don't think that there's a, a single 
misstep direction wise in this movie not as far as pacing is concerned it, it picks up the pace maybe a little too quickly at the end of the film but like i also think by that point yeah it doesn't matter you gotta you gotta get to the point yeah because i mean you know like a lot of stuff happens in the last half hour whereas like earlier it kind of takes its time getting into it mm-hmm. um but i i didn't mind that i i even thought that was actually a really good choice it's just you know plotting wise it feels different yeah, and, and like I was saying, uh, it's kind of a theme of a lot of stuff that I've seen now is uh, that this is yet another slice of life film. Because uh, uh-huh. that was one that Maria was asking me about. She's just like, hey, I'm going out to uh, see a movie with my friend. We can either see, you know, Lady Bird or, you know, uh, uh, The Man Who Invented Christmas. And I said, if you're going with a friend, go, go and see The Man Who Invented Christmas because that one you can come out and say, hey, I watched a good film. Right. With this, especially I don't because I can't speak for your friend. I don't know your friend. Uh, But if you went to this with a regular friend, they may come out. There's a group of people who will watch this and say, what the hell happened in this movie? This movie was about those people. You got to take them to good stuff. Yeah. It's like when I it's like when I worked at the movie theater and all those kids would come up and like because it was rated R and it was, you know, this comedy and stuff, they would want to go see Sideways. Mm -hmm. Right. Like high school kids. And uh, I would I would just sell them tickets. (laughs) <laughs> I just be like, yeah, go and enjoy the movie. Like, I might as well let you into this. What else, like, what else am I going to put you into? Whatever the shitty thing with, uh, you know, Adam Sandler or whatever the fuck is out right now. Go see Sideways. Have a kids good one. Kids want, you know, kids want to see those Alexander Payne movies. We all know it. <laughs> well, it wasn't like it was that many, right? But if if one who was clearly underage came up and was like, hey, I want to go see Sideways, I'd just be like, yeah, enjoy. Any, like, as long as it's not like wildly like sexually explicit or like ultra ultra violent depend upon the age i'd probably let just about any kid in to see anything because it's like you got the hoods but to come on up and and ask for it so god bless but uh, but i don't know i mean i haven't seen man who invented christmas but uh this i think is, is still holding oh, oh, the top this spot is, for this me. is a way better film do not get me and wrong. uh and i think that i think it has wide appeal i think that's why it's doing so well this thing's made 17 million dollars really wow like i mean and it hasn't been in like the top five movies uh per week but it's still like it's making money again another thing that i really love is i knew jack shit about this movie i literally saw the poster that's it i and i knew Uh you know the like two or three people that were in it that's it director and that's all i I had seen the trailer once a couple months beforehand but i mean it i don't think that there's a there's i can't think of a thing that i didn't like about this laurie metcalf is amazing Mm-hmm. The relationship between uh, her character and Sarah Sharon's character is good. Um, yeah, it's, I, I mean, the big thing is is everything is believable, and like there's so many different things in uh-huh. here. And and again, it's like with this, with the Florida Project and stuff like that. It's just like there are stuff in here that you can look back and just go, "This I did this," or "or I've seen this," or "This is an experience that I've had." Oh, I mean, that, very, very that scene at the that scene at the end about the greatest hits albums mm-hmm. is just so note perfect about that point in college life, right? Like, I mean, I've seen guys give that speech about like you know, you know, people have that shitty fucking opinion mm-hmm. uh, where they go like, oh, girls don't like good music, or, or like, uh, j- j- there's just something about that guy being in her room that he's he criticizes her about uh, having greatest hits records 
and her response being, uh, well, what's wrong with that? They're the greatest. They're the greatest. They're the best. Uh, like, That's why, like, is, I, I, listen, I, think I have Elton amazing. John's greatest hits. You know why? Because every song on there is fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have greatest hits albums for people that I have like full records of. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know what I mean. You just like, want it all in one place. Yeah, I I have all of Alice Cooper's albums, and not a single one of them are better than Alice Cooper's greatest hits. Yeah, I mean that's just the God's honest truth. Like, I yeah, it's the greatest. What? Like, what's wrong with that? What's it? Hot on the Rocks. The you know that's yeah, it's it's a great Stones album. Why? Because it's got so many fucking great songs in it. Yeah, get, that's get why. your yaws out. Yeah, there's there's a Same. reason why. They're, they're, yeah. because they're like hey you know all the great it's like they're they're great albums but all the greatest of those great ones are on this great one so i shut up and <laughs> and remember i told you that this movie has like a perfect needle drop for dave matthews band and i fucking hate dave matthews and i'll be i damned. don't care either I, and, I, and it's and it wasn't in it it fucking worked a dave matthews worked in a movie you guys come on now come on yeah. now <laughs> like like a sincere emotional like resonance to it i and i i like i wanted to hate the movie for that i'm like you son of a bitch you made me care about fucking dave matthews Ugh. uh yeah this, this movie is uh as i've said before fan fucking tastic and uh really highly highly recommend people go and see this yeah this is uh this is working its way uh top 10 easily for this year there's there's just no doubt about that and I, I figured as much. I, I wanted to look. I was like, how old is Greta Gerwig? So she's only a year younger than I am. So I figured, because like when you watch the movie and the time place that it takes place in, it makes all kinds of sense. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, th like this was my high school and, and early college experience, yeah. right? So like, I, it, like it was. I mean, <laughs> it was off by a year or two, but it was exactly that. So, yeah, it's great. It's, it's it's great. There's no reason anyone should not just rush out and see this thing. It is it's it's super super good. Uh, Agreed. Let's go ahead, jump into movie number two here. Here is the trailer for Wheelman. Just call you Wilman. You know who this is? I don't know you. You're driving for me. The other two. Leave them behind. I'm not leaving them behind. They're gonna kill you. You better do what I tell you to do, you hear me? Fuck you, man. I don't know you. You don't listen to me. second new release of the week imdb plotline a getaway driver for a bank robbery realizes he's been double crossed and races to find out who betrayed him 
is written and directed by Jeremy Rush, starring Frank Grillo, uh, uh, Ka- Caitlin Carmichael. That's a very Caitlin Carmichael. Carmichael. Why did I? Caitlin think Carmichael. That, why did I think that was more Italian than that? I don't know. Because <laughs> you can't read. You're right. <laughs> In a in a in a in a very non like him role, Garrett Dillahunt, or, not Garrett, Garrett Dillahunt, Dillahunt, Garrett Dillahunt, but the, even more so, Shay Winningham. Oh my gosh, that one's that was just like, what the hell? I've never yeah. seen you like that, dude. Yeah, Shay Shay Wiggum in the back seat as motherfucker. What? For yeah, <laughs> it's like really, dude. All right. Also, Garrett Dillahunt's real life wife, Wendy Moniz. Oh, is that right? Huh. Yeah, who plays his wife in the movie? They or his ex wife, I guess. Um. Yeah, they've been married since like 2000 or something like that. Right on. Uh, so this is available uh, yeah. on Netflix right now for uh, essentially free, if you will. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're already paying to watch Riverdale or whatever, go over there and go check on it out. Do yourself a favor because uh, this thing is a lot of fun. Uh, now, we've had a couple uh-huh. of movies in the past that have all been kind of uh, – this is doesn't, doesn't fall as strikingly uh, adherent to the rules of, that, of, of these films, but – We've had uh, ones like Buried and uh, was it is it Lock? Mm-hmm. Lock Which one? Like the, Lock, the know. one with the um, fuck Tom Hardy. Tom yes. Hardy. Yep. Uh, so so we've had things like that in the past, and this kind of is a little of that nature to a degree. Uh, we're practically uh-huh. you know in a car or around a car or about a car throughout the entire uh, thing. And uh, it's a it's it's nice. It's an hour and a half long, so it's a nice quippy little uh, thriller here and everything. So it's less than an hour and a half. Is it? Yeah, I think it's like an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, one twenty-two according to IMDb. There you go. Uh, I, I remember not being for ninety minutes yesterday when I was watching it before. Yeah, it's it's a nice quick little thing. It's it, it moves along super fast. I mean, even though you're you know driving a nice uh, BMW there, <laughs> see fast BMW. All right, I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's great. It's great. And Frank Rell has got a lot to do here because, you know, the majority of his acting is taking place against people on telephones, which is always, you know, yeah. tough for anybody to do. Uh, but one of the big things that I really love about this thing is that it is shot with cars. This is not a green screen movie where they sat, no. in, the, where they sat in a studio and just simulated driving. He may have been on a picture car uh, plenty of times, but they drove in streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're out there doing it. This this is this there is are not stunt like drivers. This is a real deal. Going on. There's crashes. Uh, There's and, all this. And also, stuff. much like Bullet, Frank Grillo in the car, just like McQueen. Yeah. Like I, I I guarantee that he did a significant portion of his own driving. I I wouldn't I would put bass and that's the thing too is that like and the driving is is great because there's so much uh, it's visceral. The way that it's shot, the way that it's edited, you know, the changing mm-hmm. gears, the uh, you know, pushing into the clutch, just a all that. Kind I of think good stuff. I think the opening uh, of this movie is brilliant. I mean, it's it's basically just uh, like a three or four minute shot from the back of the uh, car, uh, like inside of it, from the back seat, mm-hmm. out looking directly out the front in the dead center. As I mean, it starts out in darkness, and then lights in a garage come up. And then a guy gets in the car and he drives it out and he parks it on the thing and he gets out and he walks over. Frank Rose's character is standing there and uh, they have a conversation about oh, something can, being wrong exactly, with it. Exactly, And you can't quite hear it, which is great. You can't quite hear it. Just right. As you would if you were then, in the back. Seat. Yeah. You, you hear the gist of it. Right. Yeah. You hear like it's not supposed to have red on the back. What's going on with this? That's not what I ordered. Uh, and then and then he gets in the car and boom, you you're still in that shot for another 
maybe 30, 45 seconds. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, and you really do get the sense of like being in the car. Yeah, even though there's a lot of different angles and a lot of things and there's shots outside mm-hmm. of the car and around and up and down and a couple of, I, I love all the out like the interior like shooting down on the car and like with the, the beaded rain and stuff it's just really, really good looking stuff and all like on the red trunk and all that kind of good jazz. Uh, yeah. But you really get a sense of this, you know, even despite all the moving camera angles of you being in the car with him. You're going along for this ride. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. And, but ultimately what's, holds but what's it. also like really kind of great is that you like you you're with Grillo the whole time with Wheelman the whole time. But you also do get a sense of everybody else. Right. And 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 to give you another sense of like just how central to the film being in the car is at the end of the movie, you you spend a lot of time in that car that he's not even in it. Yeah. Like in the climax. Oh, oh yeah, you you absolutely and you stick with the car because you realize uh that you you the the car is essentially, you know, the 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 traveling vehicle is the uh, um the key character, if you will. Mm-hmm. Or at yeah, least it's the what puts everything or in motion literally in and, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh so I do, this I, one this one I dug. I think it's well worth an hour and 20 minutes of somebody's time. Uh it's yet another Netflix original that I really dig. I think that uh, they've had some really great stuff. We've been watching a fair chunk of it lately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about them. Yeah, <laughs> quite it, honestly. Yeah, it's and then, really kind of astounding of what they're doing here. <laughs> yeah, well, and next week we're going to talk about something that I've already watched, but uh, but also from them, Mudbound, mm-hmm. the new uh, D. Reese film. Uh, which is also like kind of amazing. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it next week, but uh, I mean, Netflix really does have really interesting stuff. I'm even looking forward to that fucking Will Smith movie on there. You know about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Frank Ayer, or Dave, David Ayer movie, Ayer's movie. Mm-hmm. I, Bright. You know. Again, it's just like when we got stuff like that, I, I don't know. Do we do we know specifically because there were some yeses and some nos and back and forth. Do we know if Scorsese's flicks actually come? Is the Irishman, is that coming there or is that going someplace else? Uh, I haven't theaters? checked in on it for a it's, while. It's weird. It's been going back and forth where they're just like, we're totally going to Netflix. And then they're like, hold on there, player. Maybe not. I, so I don't know. But so, you know, when you're getting things like that, when you're getting like David Ayer and a possible Scorsese and things like that, you're getting into very interesting territory. And I did talk a little bit about this. Uh, for those of you that may not have uh, heard, I did an episode probably about two weeks ago. Uh, I forget the number. I'll come up with it before the end of the show of uh, Current Geek, where one of my predictions was, uh, you know, in a in a couple years down the road, not further along than we would probably think, uh, we're going to be just doing so many more movies at home than we are actually in theaters. And Netflix mm. is really starting to bear this out because TVs are getting better and better. The content is getting better and better. Uh, people are going to be going to the to the theaters much much less than they are right now, and movies like this are a good reason you know to show because this could easily go out in the theater right, and it yeah. would probably make decent money. I don't know what this thing could make. Well, I here's here's what I think it's gonna it's gonna make money for Netflix internationally. Now that's a good question. Do they sell this international at that point? Then do you know? I, I think it probably would depend on the market and if they have a Netflix market there. 
Hmm. Curious. Uh, uh, so, so last I last I heard about the Irishman, by the way, just before we move on to the last movie, um, uh, the Scorsese apparently had asked for a theatrical release mm-hmm. because because he would. He's Martin fucking Scorsese, of course. Um, and they Netflix has not said anything. Um, but let me see. I just found this variety article. Um, has, okay. So sources familiar with negotiations say Scott Stuber, Netflix's film division chief has assured Scorsese that the film will have a minimum two week theatrical window that would at least qualify it for an Oscar Hmm. uh, contention. And that's, and it's interesting because, and I would say that this would ultimately be if they could do it okay because we've mm-hmm. got a big enough director we've got enough stars in this thing and uh, some stars you know who haven't been on screen or on screen together in decades um this could be the thing that proves or disproves uh the simultaneous release in theaters and at home i think that this could be this could be probably our best test case if and it gets to happen right because it's Scorsese? Because it's Scorsese, because there's enough people involved, I think it would be a good test case to be able yep. to say, hey, can it survive? Can the movie theaters, can you survive if this comes out just on Netflix? Netflix, uh, yeah, who makes more I don't know. Like, There's so many questions well, that, that could be involved I mean, the in thing, this. I, I almost guarantee that this thing will come out on, on in theaters and on Netflix day and day because that's their typical release, right? The Bong Joon-ho movie uh, came out that way. Um, the Noah Baumbach came out that way and actually, I think, made money in theaters. Um, yeah, I remember it in the art house here. Uh, Mudbound has been in uh, theaters for a couple of weeks now. Okay. So I, I would be really surprised if they didn't can give a theatrical release to a Martin Scorsese picture. So I'd be curious. I, I'm curious to see when it happens. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So we shall All see. Right. Well, let's get on to our next one here. Here is the trailer for Better Watch Out. Oh, come on, you bastard. Want to put her in the mood? Watch a horror movie. Dude, she's like twice our age. I really don't think it's going to happen. She's here. You are breathtaking. (laughs) Thank you. Now, don't stay up and watch scary movies, okay? It'll give you nightmares again. So, what do you want to do? Ricky, why can't you just leave me alone? He's such a jerk. Don't hang up on me. Please let me out of this. You're home alone again? That's 
taxes just go away. a weird ass trailer all right uh that was a trailer for better watch out our last new release review of the week indb plot line uh, on a quiet suburban street a babysitter must defend a 12 year old boy from intruders only to discover it's far from the normal home invasion mm. this is directed by chris uh peckover yeah starring olivia delange levi miller ed oxenbull i believe it's olivia well i okay I think that it's Olivia de Young. Oh, that's right. We, Levi we had Miller this discussion before. And, and Ed Oxenbold. Because Ed Oxenbold and Olivia de Young played brother and sister in The Visit. Which was really good. Uh yeah, yeah man. But but I yeah, that's oh, well, anyway. They were in that and then he was in uh the other flick that uh the terrible no good bad day, which I thought was really good. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. I don't uh-huh. know if you did, but uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, back in the day. So uh, yes, I believe uh, Micah, um, Micah was the one who said that this is something that we should check out, and uh, we did. And what do you? What did you think? Yes, uh, I enjoyed myself. <laughs> well, good night. Is that, is that it? Is it good? <laughs> that's that's my entire. I enjoyed myself. It's, Official opinion. It's not good. Not Smith. Follow me on Twitter. See you later. Bye, everybody. Um, uh no i i actually thought this movie was pretty clever um it really is not your typical home invasion um it takes a left turn uh very quickly and becomes something totally different and then a right turn Um, it's just like that's what to me this movie here's here's how it worked for me i started out and it's just like all right i know what this is Okay. Oh, so we're going yeah. here now because I I, did, I hadn't watched the trailer. I knew nothing about it. Yeah, I didn't watch anything before so I watched I like, the movie. Okay. Either. All right. I see where we're going here. <coughs> All right. Uh-huh. Well, clearly this is where we're ending up here. Oh, okay. This is the route you're taking. Oh. Ah. Oh, hey. This movie. Yeah, just this kept going. Is, it's a lot of damn fun. Yeah. Uh, I think so too. It is. Uh. It, it again something that I did not think was going to come up and actually be decent, and. Sure, shooting they they blew me away here, dude. And just like the babysitter, uh, and I, I I'd say I'll say this is better than the babysitter, and the babysitter's not bad, but this is better. I don't know that I can claim either is better. They're very different. Yeah. Uh, like horror comedies. But yeah. But yeah, what I like though is that yes, it, they are. This one's definitely. They're both nice and bloody. They're both you know mm-hmm. you get some uh, some visceralness from it. And there are some things that are, are are genuinely funny in it, and uh, and I really really I I really enjoyed the constant references, even in one of the murders to Home Alone. Oh yeah, absolutely, because in this world, Home Alone absolutely exists. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, which, which was great, right? Like they're 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 talking about this uh, movie, and then as the movie goes along, like increasingly home alone becomes incorporated into what's going on which which was really bizarre uh in in like very nice ways um and then of course gets i the only thing is after that kill uh i feel like we needed just a really gross brief money shot 
you're right. I, I I'll uh, I'll agree with that. I, I mean, I also kind of appreciate not not doing it, but it's like you're you're already rated R. Give us the give us that money shot. Just man. a just a quick one and a half seconds. Because you know it's gross, and it could also be hilarious w- with the yellow paint. Yeah, yellow paint, like a little bit of spurt, 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 spurt. Sort yeah, of well, well, it's already gross when you see it start pooling on the floor. Yeah. And, uh, like, I just say go all the way at that point. If you're going to talk about it, don't just talk. Let's show it. This is, this is 2017. Weed ass now, Grandpa. <laughs> you do what now? Oh, oh, oh. my God. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think all the performances are good. Uh, Levi Miller. Um, has slowly been redeeming himself for having been in pan. Um, yeah, that kid was really good in this. I, I, I liked him and pan. I don't think was his fault. No, that movie was just, uh, suck. That, that was just a piece um, of garbage. Period. He was good in that one episode of Supergirl, uh, where, <laughs> where they, uh, let him, let him play cat grants, uh, son, uh, in the first season. Um, he's, he's in the upcoming, uh, wrinkle in time. Yeah. Uh, doing some stuff. So, you know, good. Uh, I, I like the other two leads. Of course, I liked them in the visit. I think, uh, they're both really good actors. Um, and here they get some time to shine. Yeah. And of course you got, uh, Darcy. Also, I did, I did not know. I did not know that, uh, that, um, Hawkins own Dacker Montgomery was going to be in this thing. I'm not sure uh, which ones. He plays he played Billy in Stranger Things. Oh yeah, this, yeah. The second season. I didn't know that he was going to be in this. I mean, I saw his name in the in the credits. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then he shows up as this. I love a d- that loser douchebag he plays. It's so great. He <laughs> yeah. plays a great douchebag in both Stranger you know, Things and. <laughs> well, I think what's great about this movie in particular is he plays a very recognizable to our generation. Yeah. douchebag from from tv and film legacy and uh specifically like if this character were a douchebag in like american pie right um <laughs> like he would be dressed up like that uh dirtbag steve meme yes you know what i mean like like there's a this is a character type an arc uh, <laughs> that he an archetypical character uh, that he that he's playing here, um, that is that is very recognizable to anybody who's ever encountered uh, skeezy high school dude characters before. I just wanna... and, and he's he's of course doing that in Stranger Things, but like I didn't go to high school in 1984, so I fucking don't know. Well, uh, I don't know that guy. Neither did the Duffer I know brothers. that guy, but I don't know that guy. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like like I get it, right? And, and I understand it. But I didn't know that guy. I didn't know that dude that he's playing in, St- in uh, Stranger Things. I knew that dude in this movie. Oh, yeah. You so, know? <laughs> like, I know that fucker with his hoodie and his turned around cap. The only thing I think that was missing was like frosted tips. Now, if he'd had some nice frosted tips. <laughs> Now, I, w- I want to so talk like- about this for half a second here because this movie was uh, co-written by the director and a guy named uh, Zach Kahn. Uh-huh. Let me read you, let me read you Zach Kahn's biography here. This is, this is available uh-huh. on, the, on the IMDb's. Zach Kahn was first seen in his kindergarten production, <laughs> production of Les Miserables. 
Uh-huh. Based in Los Angeles, Khan is a comedian, writer, act, uh, actor, writer, director, and author. His favorite genres to work in are comedy, thriller, horror, drama, fiction, nonfiction, action, crime, <laughs> indie, mainstream, romantic comedy, and porn. He could currently uh-huh. be seen in Panic Room on Ice. <laughs> so this guy's a comedian, <laughs> and, and he's written he's written a movie. He's written his own fucking bio. Clearly, <laughs> he looks like he's like twenty six. Yeah, but well, it looks like he also wrote wrote for uh uh well, he, apparently he wrote for uh the Mad TV show, not Mad TV, but the Cartoon Network show that came on. Never really the, an- the animated. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Apparently, he's in Joe Dirt too. Well, sometimes, sometimes you you can't have you know you need all the glory, I guess. I wonder if he plays the new poop rock that uh, he carries around in, in a wagon. I never saw Dirt, Joe Dirt too, so maybe there's not one. Yeah, you know that movie uh, was was uh, people were clamoring for that because Crackle produced it. <laughs> you know cl- crackle crackle has told us that they really want this uh coming into their thing uh but uh better watch out it's a, it's available on amazon right now uh for a couple of shekels uh I, you, honestly you could do a hell of a lot what worse. is it with you at shekels this week man you've been hanging out of 4chan or some me, shit what me, you, me, me, and the, me and the jews i don't know well, you and the neo-nazis yeah, uh yeah um <laughs> shillings how about that how about okay, that's fine. Simoleons. Uh, yeah, sure. Clams. Uh, yeah, Bread. clams. A couple clams. Um, Dirt clams. Yeah, I think this is worth a few bucks, man. I it, it's it's a holiday horror movie, and who doesn't like those? They're good. They're good. Well, there are a lot of them good. that are good. Again, some of them are maybe not as, as good. Some of them are barely holiday uh, movies, but whatever. We love them anyway. Just like there are, <laughs> we love them like a special needs child. Anyway, well, let's. let's I didn't say that. No, no, no. Don't pull. Don't pull me into your Facebook controversies. Uh, you know what can I? What can I say? Hey, look, they're showing this. Our one of our next movies are showing in an RPX theater for some ungodly reason. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about uh, next week, man. Yeah, it's a big one. I am excited. Well, so, somewhat big. It's somewhat big. Are you saying that it's just getting started? Is the is the big is the big uh, hit of the uh, the winter season? Well, I got to tell you, I saw one of these already. You and, saw uh, Ron Sherrilton's get it, just getting started. Yeah, I saw just getting started, and it is starring Morgan Freeman, amazing. Tommy Lee Jones, Renee Z- uh, Renee Russo, and Joe Pantoliano. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, I I saw Shape of Water and. Uh, spoiler alert it's amazing spoiler alert it doesn't come out here so we won't be reviewing that next week. <laughs> you're really not getting it it does not look like it no jesus christ it you're does. not man charlotte what the fuck's going on well we'll talk about shape of water when it comes out i fucking guess i, I would super love to talk about i'll, I'll it. have seen it like three times by then so sure uh what can i say man there are a bunch of uh, a-holes over here uh, in the charlotte area so instead we're going to be uh talking about the disaster <laughs> artist Yes, we will. And they're going wide as fuck with this movie. Uh, it is going everywhere, man. So uh, chances are you can see this. Uh, I love the room. I love the book, The Disaster Artist. Um, can't wait to see the film. So, you know, I may even, I, I don't yep. know if I will or not, but I'm trying to get my brother to go do the double feature with me that Regal's doing. They're doing a double feature of The Disaster uh-huh. Artist and then The Room afterwards. 
And I've already seen the yeah, room I, on the big well, screen I, twice, actually. So <laughs> I don't know if I could do the room after the disaster artist. Yeah, I really wish it was the other way around. It would make a little bit better sense to me. Well, I, well, like especially if people are going to disaster artists and have not seen the room, which I can't imagine will be that many people. But it is being like I said, they're releasing it wide, and it's also. Um, it's got it's got a ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So many people though don't realize that like no 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 this like they even see the like hey based on a true story they still don't even get it it's just like I people don't still don't even know that this is a real thing. So I right. you know I don't know. It, and if you're if you're here in Atlanta, uh, the indie theater and they're not playing this movie because this movie is playing at like AMC and Regal and shit, but they are playing the Room all week long. <laughs> nice. So you can go to see the room all week. They do this pretty regularly, usually on Fridays, about once a month. And sometimes Wiseau shows up to do a Q and A. Bring your spoons. Um, uh, I'm I'm certain they couldn't book him this week because uh, he's going to be exploiting the shit out I'm of this movie's release. Fancy. I'm uh, all probably over in the LA. Place. There are places I have to go <laughs> and things I have to do. I needed to yeah. be on the big screen. I was just on Jimmy Kimmel. Haven't you heard? But um. Yeah, so so you know you can go see the room on the big screen a lot of places this week. I think probably more places than the room itself has ever played simultaneously on the big screen. Oh, that's a thousand percent. They'll like it'll be a billion times more than that because I think it only was ever at one theater. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Well, I mean, I mean the room though, not oh, disaster. Oh you, mean, oh, you mean the room? Com- like 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 this week, you can probably find the room in more theaters at one time than it's ever actually played. Yeah, in theaters, yeah, yeah. Like the first showing will will have <laughs> across the country will have proven that. Uh, so. so that's what we'll be talking about next week, man. Maybe some a little bit more stuff because that's what we do around here. We review a whole gaggle of uh, nonsense. In the meantime, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet, sir? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Matt Boyd Smith. Uh, subscribe to my newsletter. Uh, so what is it? Tinyletter.com/slash uh, Conspiracy Media Theory. Uh, you can follow me on Tumblr. It's also uh, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com. But yeah, just mostly on on Twitter. I'm over that way. Starting the shit as he always is, everybody. Just d- knee deep in it every day. You do what you do, man, and it's you know, you either love it or you don't, kids. <laughs> and it's not for everybody. It's true, as 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 I know, I'm not. So I get that. Uh, here, movie podcast. Here, movie podcast.com. Uh, Next week, we just did The Mask, which went a lot different than I think most people expected it. Uh, those folks over at Patreon helped us out with that one. And uh, we're going to be doing a Batman the Animated Series episode that had to do with the Joker and Christmas. Isn't that nice? Christmas. Uh, so we'll be doing that as well. And, of course, Nerd Talk Now. If you want to check that out, go to Facebook.com slash Nerd Talk Now. The last two Nerd Talk Nows I did on Facebook. And uh, this most recent one, I did my top 10 favorite Christmas movies. Uh, Again, maybe not all what you might expect. Uh, Some that you probably will, though. So check that out as well. And uh, like I said, I was on an episode of Current Geek. Let me pull up the actual number. that Episode 150 called The Tropes. Uh, Check that out. Me and Bruce Leslie uh, had a lot of fun on that show. And, uh, you know, you should listen to it. So that is it, everybody. Join us next week when we talk about the disaster artist, some Morgan Freeman movie, and who the hell else knows what from Mass Metal. I'm Madam Portress. We'll see you guys next time. We didn't start the fire, but we didn't light it, but we tried.